You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. So, write this down. The things that frustrate you. Right now, in your business, I'm just, I'm free, man. I'm a free spirit. What are the things in your business that you can write down right now that frustrate you on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis? You want to list some of those out? Yeah, for us, we hated hiring new people. So we've got our CEO in the back. Tommy, raise your hand. Just give Tommy a round of applause. This is a guy that he's not on any posters yet, so you probably don't recognize his face, but he will be. Tommy does all of our hiring, onboarding. He's running everything behind the scenes. One of the things that we actually have kind of ascended to is we don't take people from a level two to a level five anymore. We're taking people from a level seven to a level 10. Because training people on how to use Google Drive is just the worst thing ever. (laughs) You got, I mean, it's like the worst thing ever. Sending emails in Infusionsoft, we don't do that anymore. But uh, six months ago, I was still. We actually don't write emails anymore. Fancy that, man. They just make themselves somehow. Yeah. We have this cool app we built. Yeah. Just we, we don't, you know, Chris doesn't buy media anymore. He's not on Facebook actively buying media. It's been, definitely been a process. And uh, anything that you can list right now, the top three things that you hate right now, you should go back home and figure out how to never do that again. How to get someone else in to do it. We're going to talk about how we hire people. But one of the, just to interject real fast, one of the greatest assets you have in a lead is our team. Yeah. Telling you, like, find Tommy at lunch and ask that man how he's hiring, like, 10 people a week. Grab all of that stuff from him. Because if you just have access to me and Chris, I mean, that's still pretty cool. I mean, you got access to I'd say that's amazing. That's amazing. But uh, we've got people on the team now who only do certain things. Yeah, Ashton's only buying media. Yeah. And so leverage those people because we don't, we don't do it anymore. Yeah. It's making sense? So the things that frustrate you, because those things destroy your energy, right? And it does not have to just be personal, or it doesn't have to just be business. I was talking to Cyan last night, Uh and Uh he's in trouble. I'm just going to call him out right here in front of everybody. No, but he does what a lot of us do, even things at home, personal life. What are those little snares, those little things that just irritate you? It could be cleaning your house. could be mowing your lawn, errands, grocery shopping. You know, like you can pretty much outsource everything. Taking a shower. <laughs> no, you have to do that. Worst. Twice a day at least. Twice a day. So the other thing is, what is below your pay rate? Write that down. What am I doing right now that is below my pay rate? And you want to tell them how to figure out the pay rate real quick? Yeah, let's take it a step further. Like, you, Does everyone know your hourly rates? Does anyone know their hourly rate? Jeez. Okay. Take the money that you want to make per year. What is it, Molly? Yearly. 400K. 400K. That is how many, how, what is that a month? $33,000. Take $33,000 divided by 160 and you get, so this is Molly's hourly rate. 
Tell me this. Do you think you can find someone to clean your house for cheaper than $208 an hour? It's a good decision. Notice we're not going off of what she makes now because we make decisions from where? Exactly, which pulls. So you guys all know how to get your hourly rate now, correct? Literally, can I tell a story real fast? Yeah. I love my wife so much. She's literally the best thing that's ever happened to me. But sometimes she like, so she was calling insurance because we needed like some stuff. And it's a $400 piece of equipment. And it's $400. $400. And she spent an hour on the phone with the insurance people trying to get insurance to pay for it. And instead of doing that, we rented it. And now I have to take it back to the hospital. It takes me 30 minutes to get to the hospital, 30 minutes to get back. I'm like, we could have, our rate is about seven grand an hour. So if we can get this piece of equipment for cheaper than $7,000, it's good. You got to take this through every piece of decision making. If you mow your yard and it doesn't give you energy, you shouldn't be doing it. Because you make more doing your business. So that's kind of the side factor is if you want to do something because it does give you energy. Yes. And taking a rented piece of equipment back to the hospital just doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. It's like, yeah. Are you working this out based on the revenue you want to make collectively in your business? Yeah, I mean, but you have both of them, right? So, like, what are you doing now versus what do you want to do? And try to make decisions based on what, where you want to be. Okay, so what frustrates you? What is below your hourly rate? You got that? So the next thing is, who can I get to do those things? Who can I get to do those things? Right now, I was telling some guys last night, there's like little things around my house that I just have to do. Like call the internet company when my internet goes down every other week. It drives me nuts. But you're not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. So I hired my sister-in-law just to do all that kind of random stuff. This typically would be a mistake, but it works for him. It works. I'm mentoring her. (laughs) Family working for you. Yeah. So, and it's very easy to find someone that can do those little things and the, the amount of power, confidence, energy, momentum that you get from that, just like wiping your slate clean is awesome. You guys getting this? Okay. Any questions on that? No. Okay. So what we do is it's interesting right now. We're, we're making more revenue in our business and we're working less. We're making more revenue, more money. We have greater impact, more momentum. We're working less. I'd say my stress level is way less. Did you say the same for you? Way less. Yep. The enjoyment is greater. So all these things that I'm telling you is actually true. You guys believe in this? Are you guys believing this? Okay. All right. So I want you guys just to get a, a few action points. Whether you do it now, through the session, or after this, write down 10 things that frustrate you, 10 things that are below your hourly rate that you're doing in your business. So again, it could be your business or personal. And ask yourself, who do I need to get to do these things for me? Probably the, the easiest way is if they frustrate you and they're below your hourly rate, yeah. circle that and get, that rid, get rid of that first. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about backing yourself out of your business. Again, so if you look at your business, it's not a, a, you know, a house on stilts that's going to be blown down. But if I actually want to build a Parthenon, right, what I want you to do is I want you to look at the things in your business that what's the lowest hanging fruit? 
ask yourself that. Like, I want you to write that down because I want you to put these things into action. I want you to think about this after this session. What is the lowest hanging fruit? What's the easiest thing that I can just offload to someone else or that I can just completely stop doing altogether? Because I guarantee you, in your business, there is a below. There are things that you're doing that make no sense. There's no effectiveness. It's just waste, right? So what can I just hand off and what can I stop doing altogether, right? So handing off is something that you should, should be done in your business or your personal life. And just stopping altogether is, it doesn't, it's not important. So the, you can automate it, you can delegate it, you can eliminate it. Those are the three things. Probably a good 20% of what you're doing should be eliminated. Yeah. You don't even need to delegate it. This just doesn't need to happen anymore. And then you automate the things you can automate. Tommy's really good at this, by the way. It's another thing you could talk to Tommy. Mimi's really good at this. How do I figure out how to have software work for me instead of me doing it? And then delegate the rest. Really, the whole concept of, of this is leverage. You are looking at how you can leverage other people, their time, their resources, their finances, their experience for yourself, for your business, right? So what's the lowest hanging fruit in your business? So we'll just start with the, the core pieces, your sales and your marketing. Those are the most important. So I don't think that I would give up control of that yet, right? So then let's talk about your operations and your fulfillment. Would you say that might be the lowest risk, right? Because if your marketing, your sales dries up, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Your business is done. If your marketing sales decline, right? If you put someone in place and they suck, what's going to happen? Yeah, this happened to us. So we, we had to take it back over, get in the chair. One, because... It's the most important thing in our business. Two, we love it, right? We enjoy it. It gives me energy to do marketing. So what I would recommend is looking at the parts of your business, operations, your finances, the day-to-day stuff that you can outsource to someone else. So in each part, these columns, your business, you need to list and catalog all the things that happen. Write this down, Tanner. Each part of your business you have to list and catalog all the things that happen. Because that's going to give you clarity on, okay, this is really important, right? This is the 20% in my business in this section that I have to focus on. This drives the revenue. This drives the cash. This drives the money. This drives the freedom. Yes? Yes? So the other things, the uh, whatever Tommy does, I mean, we don't even know what he does. He's just like in a black room. Operations, taxes, operations, people, systems. Operations. Those things like they have just like driven us nuts, man. But it's, we have to have them. We have to have them. Like yeah. there's no way around it. There's delegate. So for a lot of you, I would probably recommend that you outsource versus having a full time person. All right. So the lowest hanging fruit and the least amount of risk. You got that written down? Because I want you guys really to start moving forward with this. Please don't let this. Just be dormant in your notebooks. So this is, I promise this, if you, if you adapt your thinking to this, you will grow faster than we grew. Like we, I'm telling you, we went through a lot of pain and just dealing with people. I mean, how many employees we've tried, you know, had to figure out leadership and 
how to deal with people and situations. And because, you know, when you hire someone, you're not just hiring that person. You're hiring their history. To an extent, you're hiring their family. You're hiring their situations, right? So there's a lot of things you have to understand when you're going through this process. And when you identify as a CEO, chief executive officer, versus, oh, I'm just the chief of everything, like my hands and everything, you will not grow like that. You cannot be scattered. To grow, you have to be a focused. That's the only way you're going to be effective. Make sense? Make sense? Yeah. All right. Anything to add to that? You guys want to talk about team building? Okay. So what we're doing in team building, obviously it's broken down per the pillars. What really changed our business is our focus. So before we were so mixed, Taylor was involved really in marketing. I was involved somewhat to sales and we were involved in operations and like our foot was in one and the other. And it's hard to do that. So you guys have to be focused, I would say, in stages on what is the most important thing and give the majority of your time to those most important things. If you want to grow, if you just want to stagnate, then don't listen to this. Who wants to stagnate? Okay, just want to make sure. So it's going to be sales and marketing. So when I just like really took ownership of marketing, I really took ownership of our goals and our numbers, and it was all on me, changed the game. When he really took ownership of sales, it just like the burden of marketing was lifted off of his shoulders, the burden of sales off of my shoulders. Then we found an amazing leader for operations. So what we're doing now is we're always seeking leaders for those areas of our business. So obviously we're a partnership. It is a little bit different. Some of, there are some partners here, but you can look and seek and find someone that has those leadership abilities, the skill. So right now, before we used to go out and we would try to find someone who really had the high-level skills, like the high-level marketing skills, the high-level sales skills, what we're finding now is the best is finding someone who has the right attitude. They can really take on our vision, our culture, and we can teach them the skills, right? So really all this is going to hinge on your leadership as the what? Yes. You start to identify yourself as the CEO, the chief executive officer, and you have that powerful position. You are the leader. You are forging the way, right? Then you can bring in people and give them clear direction because one of the mistakes that we made was... We didn't give people clarity. That was our fault. And so they failed miserably. And so when we shifted and we understood there's multiple tiers in your business. So there's the first tier, second tier, third tier, and so forth. And the people that you bring on. So for example, I'm jumping back because I think this relates to team building, is I'm always looking at who can I bring in as first tier. So that's people that I mentor right? Who can I bring in as those leaders that I can mentor? I can train them in the way. I can teach them to think how I think. I can teach them to perceive problems, deal with problems like I do. So that when we go to the second tier, it's a person that my disciples disciple, right? So this is going to be really applicable for like guys like you, 
Cyan, anybody who's six figures a month, if you can get this today, cement this into your brain, it will propel you very quickly. Make sense? So it's multi-generational, right? Because you, again, it's all about leverage. How can I leverage the time that I'm investing into my leadership team, my disciples, right? Because I don't want to keep doing that over and over for new people that come in. It's the thing that Taylor was saying, you know, the zero to seven. I don't want to do that anymore as a CEO. So I'm leveraging other people and I'm leveraging processes. So all of you can have processes that you can leverage. Does that make sense? So here's what's interesting, though, is what we're getting to now is self, like team self-management, right? Where I'm managing people through other people. So I've got this core group of, of people on the team that I don't want it just to be me because if I'm the one making all decisions, I'm calling out all the problems, I'm like raising the alert, I'm solving all the issues. What happens when I leave? What happens when I leave? Chaos, fails, stilts, right? But if I can manage through other people and they can get my DNA, how I think, how Taylor thinks, then when I'm gone, I'm on vacation, I'm hanging out with the family, whatever, it just keeps rolling. Momentum is maintained. So that's, I think, been a real, a big key for us. For example, Taylor was out last week. His baby decided to come early. She just had no respect for what was going on. Seriously. You know, his team has the proper culture, the proper DNA for Taylor. So, you know, anybody on that team can manage the sales meeting. Make sense? One thing to add here is a big roadblock for this is, and the reason, Pete, that I said, like, he could probably do seven and nine is Chris will use failure as a teacher. I, I struggle to do that. If you see someone on your team that's about to make a mistake and you go in and you're like, oh, I want to make sure it's right then you actually retard the learning ability of your team. So one of the things I've really watched in Chris and his team is flourishing because of it, is he'll let people fall off a cliff. He won't save them. And then afterwards, he'll be like, why did this happen? What did you learn from this? Whereas my tendency in the past, I will see someone going off a cliff and I will go in and prevent it. And then they don't know how to prevent it for themselves. It's going to be really hard for some of you so um, I'm hearing it's systems. It's all about systems. And it, to me, it's the same thing as you know, developing the system so that you can run your business yourself and you can manage your clients. But then when you get to the stage of hiring someone, and my question is, do you have sort of like a tiered process for hiring people so that right now I don't have anybody that works with me? So this would be like level one. This is, this is going to be my approach. And then as I progress it's going to evolve and my expectation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it comes down to your frustrations and your pay rate. And then what is the thing? Again, this lowest hanging fruit that if you back out, the whole thing doesn't just crumble because for you to be the CEO, you have to do what? You have to be able to zoom out. You have to be able to get out of the weeds and look at the landscape. You have to look at where the company is going. Are we on target for the goals? Whether it's just me and another person, that's still how you have to think. We'll cover this in some more detail tomorrow with the marketing stuff. But when you have the ability to just zoom out, look at the landscape, what is everything going on? What are the goals? What's the vision? Where am I going? 
What are the things that are required to get there? And then me as the CEO, I manage that. So by me managing that, that means I have to acquire the right people. I have to put in the right processes. If you're not great at developing processes, it's okay because you can get someone who loves doing that. They like live for processes, right? But really the thing is, and this is what I'm beating into my team because my first tier, I don't want them doing second, third tier things. So what I mean by that is where we used to write emails, we used to upload the emails into Infusionsoft, then what happens? I went to first tier. They're doing emails, right? They're writing like all this kind of stuff. So what we have to do is everything that we do gets a process. It gets a checklist. Like I want the ability to be able to pull someone off the streets of Nashville. I mean, my chances of success, probably if I pulled someone off the streets of Charlotte, you know, success would be way higher. But let's just say I was in Nashville and I had to pull someone off the streets. I want them to be able to see that SOP, that checklist and be able to knock it out of the park. When you get to that place in your business where you have tremendous leverage from the process, then it'll be a lot easier for the people. Thank you.